On this episode of Progressive Palaver, the group finishes out their discussion of Russia's permanent waves. Hi and welcome to Progressive Palaver, a group of lifelong friends and appreciators of music discussing the greatest progressive rock bands album by album. I'm Joe Beauclair, and on this episode of Progressive Palaver, I'm joined by my good friends Paul Zotter, Ken Gregory, and Tom Corcoran as we complete our discussion of the groundbreaking Rush's Permanent Waves. No, I did want to move on to uh, to Jacob's Ladder. Now, Jacob's Ladder was was one of those songs that I personally was never really familiar with. Um, certainly, uh, until I you know got a little bit deeper into it, and um, it was one of those things where you know I, I I don't think I'd listened to Permanent Wave in probably several years before this exercise. And when Jacob's Ladder came on, I was just like, yeah, all right. But but Jacob's Ladder, I think, is one of those songs that that harkens back, I think, to the earlier incarnation a little bit. Um, it, it certainly, you know, I don't, I don't think it has quite the same feel, you know, I, I, let's put it this way. When I, when I look at this, I see the spirit of radio and free will as very forward looking. And I see Jacob's ladder as a little backwards looking and not, not that it's bad. Um, I still love it, but it, it just, it seems a little bit different from those first two tracks. Anyone agree or disagree? Uh, I definitely agree. I mean, it's different, but I think that's the charm of this, this sort of yeah. pot, uh, this sort of melting pot album. That you know, it sort of brings um, more some of the more commercial things in with the more progressive things. And uh, Jake's, Jake's Ladder is definitely one of the um, uh, progressive songs on it. It's uh, for me. It's always magical when you take. You know, an odd arrangement of beats, and then and then the artist sings over it, and you don't even really realize that, oh, this is an odd signature, right? The right, you know, it's yeah. a measure, it's a measure of five and a measure of six, and the guitar repeats the same pattern over and over again. But when the vocals come in, it changes the feel of the guitar. You know, on those you know first three beats of the of the eighth notes, it's it's really fun. It's cool to play. It's cool to like try to sing along, but but really, once the vocals come in, you don't really feel like this is an odd, odd time signature or any kind of oddness of beats because the melody and the lyrics follow really nicely. And um, I mean, it's, this is an instrumental powerhouse song, and the the. Freaking guitars! I think I want to say Paul Norfield said that they recorded every guitar three times on Permanent Waves to just get that big wall of sound. And in that in that solo, the first solo, it's just really not really a solo. It's just a guitar line, and he, you know, he splits it up into octaves, and it's just gigantic. Like it is just huge guitar sound, and 
if there's one thing I don't like about Exit Stage Left, it's that part because he just, you know, plays the one line and it's like, oh man, I want all those octaves in there. Um, and and the 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 bridge the the bridge after the um, light streams down and bright on broken beams. You know, it goes into the and that is one of my. I, I've been playing that since I was sixteen, <laughs> and I still I still pick up my guitar and just play that just to warm up. Sometimes it it it's just great. It's just a powerhouse. I love this song, and um, yeah, it's 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 probably my favorite track on the whole on the whole record. Awesome. Really? Right. So Jacob's Ladder as well. Okay. Mm -hmm. You you like Jacob's Ladder more than Natural Science? Uh -oh. I do. I do. Yeah, for sure. Oh, wow. right. Okay. Isn't Jacob's Ladder like more meditative though? I mean, you know, the, the, you know, the, just the staccato picking and whatnot. It just it, it it draws me in not so much like a song, but as an atmosphere. Hmm. Definitely, yeah. it's it's, such a, it's a heavy shift from you know I, I forget my name was Joe that said it, but the opening couple tracks are very positive, forward looking, where and they're uplifting in a sense. Where this one I think just has more of a kind of a dark, menacing tone to it. Even though content wise, it's not really. It just sort of changes the whole flavor of the album, though. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it really it really does. Yeah, it's like who where's where's this? I mean that that intro. Um, you know, with, with the snare and everything, it's very ominous. You're like, oh, shit, what's going down now, you know? You might even say it's looming low and ominous. You <laughs> might even say that. Right? <laughs> <laughs> well played, Paul, well played. Uh, yeah, so this, is, this, is, this song is, is like, so the, the theme for me that runs through this whole album is, it is it's a very uplifting and positive feel to the album. And but at the same time, it recognizes that, you know, life, life is a struggle and, you know, but there's hope in every, every aspect of it, right? Like spirit of the radio, like we love the radio, but we also recognize that everything we love gets destroyed by business and, you know, but there's hope in there. There's hope to say that, Hey, you know, um, Music can still be open-hearted. It can still make a chance, right? Free Will talks about people's kind of view of life sometimes being defeatist, and yet you can choose to be, you can choose free will. You can be your own person and, and, and do your thing. Jacob's Ladder, same thing. Like, it, the whole first half of this is like, is like dark and scary. And, you know, and then it ends, you know, with follow men's eyes as they look to the skies the shifting shafts of shining weave the fabric of their dreams. Like that's, it's uplifting at the, at the very end and an incredible use of alliteration, which is also all over this, this album. Paul, how awesome is it that you said what you said and you're wearing a Chewbacca outfit? Like, that is just amazing. You know, at first I didn't know it was a Chewbacca outfit when you first, you know, showed up. So I, I just thought you were, it was just a pajama thing, but it, that is genius. And and when you talk about when you recite Neil Peart like that, and you're wearing your Chewbacca outfit, I mean that is that is brilliant. I have no qualms of saying that 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 is brilliant. 
So, so we can agree that that is brilliant, and we don't have to have yes. a down about that. Okay. Yes. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Which um, ultimately leads us into entree new. Which we've kind of touched on a little bit, and entree new, um, you know, I think reminds us again. Hey, yeah, this is this is this is new rush, Colby. Uh, apparently, you and I have uh, have similar sort of warm and fuzzies about uh, about this song. You know, it's just it, it's it's not um, it's it's not an overwhelming song, but it, it's extraordinarily. If I say the word pleasant, it sounds like a diss, but I don't mean it to be at all. Um, you know, I, I think there's, it, it's a lot more straightforward um, than, than, you know, the spirit of radio, perhaps. Um, but but at the same time, and, and I keep going back to this, you have these musicians who, even when they sort of take it easy on themselves and the listener, they're still able to construct, I think, very, very solid songs and you know there's there there's there's a certain peacefulness about this song that it, it just kind of chills me right out you know so i i don't know i just i've, I've always liked this song and um you know as i've you know, it, it's it's funny because he, as I find myself as a as a as a middle aged man dealing with you know all the problems of you know that that I have in terms of whatever, you know there there's a little bit of of wisdom here for me even today, you know to remind myself that you know you know what what's being expressed here is is a really good thing, so you know that's like an added bonus for me, you know. Mm. Um, you know, a lot of the things, a lot of the things that resonated with me when I was 16, 17 or 18 or whatever, you know, and it's like, oh, all the dark and gloom and whatever else, you know, you, you listen to it today and you're like, yeah, get over it. But, but here's something that, that actually has, has some relevance in my life. So I'm, I'm a big fan. Oh, Joe, um, I liken, um, uh, uh, you know, Rush and the, the, the entree new genre to more of like the, you, you're getting into music and you're getting into Rush, but it's kind of just like watching a movie. It's a part of the regular culture. Whereas, you, you know, you talked about drama from Yes as Dystopian, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and maybe 2112 is too, you know, but, but, but once Rush got to a certain point they weren't like this separate universe they were kind of one with the world they were kind of talking to us on our own level and not from some corner of space yeah absolutely anyone else want to hop on the entree new bandwagon oh i wasn't done um i had this oh, on a no, mixtape. Right. i'm sorry <laughs> sorry but, but did you ever do the like you've got the tape waiting and the fm radio playing and you hit play you hit record and play real quickly oh yeah oh, you gotta set up oh, yeah. a pause button yeah I, absolutely yeah 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 i i don't know what made me record entree new but but that was that ended up on one of my fm radio mixtapes and uh 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 it, it was all about about the melody by that point um 
I think it's it, it's in three, or at least part of the tune is in three. It's got that rolling thing, um, which always sucks me in. So yeah. yeah, you mentioned that before. You are a sucker for three, aren't you? I'm a sucker for three, particularly with Marillion's Easter. But you know, anywhere anywhere I can get it, I will scavenge the three. <laughs> <laughs> You might want to see, you, you may say you're a sucker in a three piece. Get it? Oh, nice. oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that was lame. What are you going to do? Uh, <laughs> now, that'll come back. Yep. Yeah, I, so this one thing I just want to mention in this song is that. The guitar solo for this this song is one of my favorites because it's not real flashy. It's not. It's you know. It's just Alex playing along exactly what the song needs, and I think he does a lot more of this in later albums, particularly the ones where people criticize him for not playing guitar solos. And we'll talk about you know Power Windows and Hold Your Fire and things like that but i hear a lot of of those kinds of songs in entree new i i feel like they were you know they were starting the growth to that to that area and to in some ways it the song is so great and you wonder wow i wonder what this would sound like if they had recorded it in the age of in the power windows hold your fire age with more textural keyboards and things like that because really they were just using a distorted guitar and an acoustic guitar and i don't think there's any there's very little keyboards in there although they're in there so they're they're limited in the textures that they're using to paint this magical song and you know it just makes me think this could have been could have been one of the songs that made them think yeah you know we should really expand our use of keyboards and 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 more and more sounds but the thing that's that's I really like this song paired with different strings because, you know, this the words of of Entree New are just wonderful, and it's this chorus of just between us. You know, I think it's time for us to realize the spaces in between leave room for you and I to grow. Right? It's just this real. It's just this like coming to terms with who we are as people and and embracing the differences that we have, and then you go to different strings, and and the chorus is all there really is the two of us like the, the 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 contrast and yet the natural progression of that is wonderful to me i love these two songs together i think more than individually oh. wow where do, <laughs> you you just <laughs> overloaded my brain Sorry. I'm, not quite sure, I'm not quite sure where to go because there there are two main avenues here um <laughs> So so let's take let's take the, the the second one first because I agree with you. However, you know when it comes to different strings, I find different strings to be personally extraordinarily moving, especially in the lyrical department. Yeah. And but I, I when I read the, these lyrics, when I listen to this song, especially because Entree New is is very positive, and my my interpretation of different strings given the first verse is quite the opposite 
where mm-hmm. that distance in between doesn't work out and and the pieces never really line up and what you're left with is you know this sort of realization that you know what mm-hmm. when it's all said and done it's just you and I and this didn't really cut it and I you know that's kind of a, a bummer but it's at the same time I find this I find be- or different strings to be extraordinarily beautiful and moving um, what I find interesting is the way that that Neil constructed the lyrics in this first verse you know it I think it 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 tricks people into thinking that Neil's in one of his sci-fi fantasy kicks but but that's not really what he's saying at all. He's using that as, you know, the metaphor for these two people, you know, trying to, you know, they're having an argument. They're trying to hurt each other. One of them's trying to hurt the other one. Um, you know, that's how I read it. But he's he's used this sort of extreme metaphor. And and so you're you're thinking one thing because you're hearing about um, slaying dragons and and. making arrows and giant killers, you know, and so he's giving you all these sort of sci-fi clues, but that's absolutely not what he's talking about. And Mm. so by the time you get into, um, you know, the, the the chorus kind of changes everything up, but that second, that second verse kind of lays it all bare as to what's really going on. I, I, again, for me, I think it's, I I love that sort of structure. I think Mm -hmm. it's brilliant. And I just, you know, some of the things that I've heard, you know, you know, totally dismiss different strings because they're like, you know, why is this even on here? But for me, this is, this is absolutely powerful. And like you said, Paul, especially sitting right next to Entree New, um, it's, it's amazing. Mm. Here, here. Nice. Yeah, those other guys must not know what the fuck they're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> well, everyone's entitled to their own opinion, Paul. I guess so. But, you know, different it, eyes see different things, Joe. Yeah, right? I, you know, it, it, it's and you, you know, I, I I find it fascinating when we talk about, like I said, it, it's it's fun, sort of learning that you know, podcasts are allowed to sort of recognize each other and understand that everyone's there. And, and much like with the yes music podcast, I was emailing with that guy with Kevin, um, this past week as well, you know, and, and, and we talked about it, you know, it, it's, it's, it's entertaining. It's engaging when, when you've, you know, some, some, someone else or some group of people, you know, they like a band as much as you do, but maybe for completely different reasons. It's, it's fascinating. Right. Like um, some like sound chaser instead of <laughs> like sound chaser. <laughs> so, so like I said, I, you know, these other guys, I'm, I'm curious to, to see, you know, what, what gets their rocks off, but it clearly wasn't different strings, but different strings get my rocks off just fine. <laughs> Joe, when, when we were leaving um, Trenton, when we saw yes there, you know, there was a group of people that walked out and they were all thrilled and everything like that. And I hear someone go, oh, so so there were some original members there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Talk about people that like what you like for different reasons. <laughs> 
I had I had that same conversation with with uh, with a couple when I saw um, Steve Howes, yes, in Las Vegas. Uh, I guess it was a year and a half, two years ago, whatever it was on the uh, when they were doing the, the Tales and Drama Tour. And I was next to this couple who were probably about 10 years older than me. So they were like they were into old yes and they had no idea who the hell was standing on stage. So I'm, I'm kind of walking them through everyone up there and, and what their bona fides were. It was, oh, it no. was hilarious. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. But but I don't know my yes lore, so uh, so there you go. There but, you have it. So different strings. Colby, Tom, Ken, anything else on different strings? Do you like it? Do you not? I I love it. I mean, I I wish. Um, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong. This is like the second ballad that we've heard from from Rush up to this point, right? I mean, I, I, I um, I wish. I mean, we don't really hear that much, you know, ballady kind of stuff from Rush. I wish, um, yeah. I this, I, I think Rush is perfect the way they are, but um, I would love to hear more of this because I think that this melody is is beautiful. And I mean, I could listen to the song all day. So, um, again, I, I'm greedy. I want more. <laughs> the only problem is it just reminds me that I haven't heard that many songs like this from Rush. And, um, you know, I just want more. So it's, it's all good. It's, it's all good. But yeah, I, I, I think it's a great song. You know, Tom, the, I hearken particularly in the, in the lines, too much fuss and bother, and then in the second verse, different eyes see different things. I hearken back to uh, Panacea in the in the the middle section of Fountain of Lameth in uh, the Crest of Steel album. I definitely kind of hear some like, you know, kind of a similar feel to it, and you know, so that's that's another that's another ballad that we've heard. Uh, and I, I feel like there's some kind of strange uh, m- melodic connection, even though it's probably just you know me. Well, that that gives me a reason. It gives me a reason to go back to that album. You probably never got through Fountain of Lameth that far to get to Panacea to hear the ballad. You know, I, I'll I'll admit I, I could not even get I couldn't I, I couldn't get through the album. Uh, but I I oh, I. I I really want to. I, I I said to myself, I will come back to this album, but yeah. I just well, I, I, just I, like I, just I, like Dallas, Tom. There's no pressure there. No pressure there. And good time. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, so I'm gonna I'm gonna hold on. If if there's nothing else on different strings, I'm gonna hold on. Oh. To... I do. I'm sorry. I have one more thing. I I have to. Yeah. I, I'm sorry, Joe. I, I wanted to invoke Jay here because I'm really bummed that Jay's not here talking with us um, about this about this record. But different strings. I know the the guitar solo at the end of the song. Jay always was like, "Ah, oh, that is the worst." But it ruins the song. He basically kind of and uh, and it is a little goofy. The guitar solo is a, almost like uh, you know Alex was going to get ready to record his. His guitar solo and you know very similar to the, you know your your discussion around the beginning of this when we were talking about this song joe it's almost like he walked into the right before he walked into the studio he was having a a conversation with his wife and she was riding him hard about something 
and he was trying to emulate what she sounded like on the phone in his guitar solo. Um, <laughs> I don't mean that in any disrespect to Alex Lifeson's wife. I don't know who she is, or or I really don't know either one of them. So, but um, but it is it is very much musically it feels out of place. And I remember commenting to Jay on it, like I always thought that was part of the the different strings idea, right? That right you know all this music's going on here and alex is just kind of doing whatever making goofy sounds with his guitar so just wanted to add that to the different strings excellent so what i'm, I'm gonna hold on to the other the other thing that came out of your original set of comments paul and i i want to i want to finish up sort of the 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 song list then with natural science and then we'll I think it, it'll be germane to come back at the at the end of it all. Now, based on on what I've heard so far tonight, I think I need to yield the floor to Tom to uh, to discuss or at least open up natural science because clearly, Tom, this is something that resonates with you. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I can't. I'm a, I don't articulate these things as well as you guys do. Um, I mean, how I'm not I sure we do either, things, Tom, but that's all right. <laughs> I mean, how I articulate uh, natural science is how great is it in that one section in the middle where we have that one breakdown where it goes one of those freaking awesome well and when that comes in i just like jump out of my chair and i'm just like this is awesome so i i don't have anything majorly profound to say about it other than that it just really excites me <laughs> and that this song, you know, I, I sort of break down Rush songs. I, I could never just say, oh, this is my favorite Rush song because there's just so much different area. Um, I would say this would be my favorite Prague um, song from from Rush um, because it, it with again, with 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 lyrics and um, because it's just uh, from start to finish, it's just a it has dynamics. It has uh, just the melody. It just has everything. That, I mean, the, the guitar sounds. I mean, it's just, it just has everything, uh, and it's just done tastefully. I mean, it's, it's, it's like an amusement park ride. You're just like you're there every second, and um, you're just to your seat. So I mean, that's um, that that that's kind of what all I have for uh, well. Just, and, and so no, that that's awesome. That section you're talking about when that woo woo comes in, and and it's uh -huh. like you've never heard anything like that before, and you're like, what the hell is this? And just just about the time you're starting to go, holy crap, they've lost their freaking mind. That that guitar riff comes in, and you're just like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's just long enough to to sort of throw you off your game and confuse you, but then it's like, oh, okay, never mind, we're good. It's a perfect build for that, you know. I mean, it's just really well done. It just and and that rhythmic guitar line is so well accented by the China Boy symbol in that in that part. Yes, and yes. I was yeah. listening to this today, and I was after all your texts about China Boys. I'm like, oh my god, 
I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> it, it's, it's probably the best use of it on the whole album, but yeah. it's rampant everywhere. Like I, um, I wonder seriously if they were recording this, and if if like they were sitting there and Getty and Alex were looking at each other, going, "Man, Neil, could you hold hold it down a little bit on that China Boy symbol? <laughs> he uses it so much." And, but it, you know, the funny part about the China Boy is, I think I'm I, I'm programmed because Jay always had it very high and way to his right right side when he would play yep. so whenever, whenever he would invoke the china boy there was like a a very large physical like movement to get to it and and even to this day anytime i hear the china boy like when i'm like air drumming circumstances in the car because that, i'm like i go like this i'm going like bam bam like this with my hand way off to the right i, I do the same thing <laughs> but but in the permanent waves drum mix, the drum the drums are really mixed tight. They're not like super in the 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 massive stereo scheme. They're still stereo, but they're they're just so much tighter. And the China Boy just seems to kind of be along with everything else. So I kind of miss the the distance of the China Boy mix. But um, it's <laughs> it's rampant in, it's rampant in this album, and it's it's so great. It's so great in that riff in um, Natural Signs. Uh, I'm so glad you brought that up, Paul. So glad. That is absolutely perfect. You know, and, and here again, we've we've sort of gotten to the end of this. You know, I, in, in terms of, of natural science, it seems to me in terms of, of lyrical um, subject matter, you know, Neil's really going expansive in this. He's covering, a, it, it seems to me like he's covering a huge, you know, span of, of of subject matter here. I mean, we're we're going from from tidal pools and I, I'm assuming the origin of life to you know hyperspace travel and you know it just it's 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 just it's massive in its scale, which uh, you know I, I it's I think that's interesting because a lot of you know obviously the rest of this album is is a lot more you know personal based if you will it's it's about you know individuals or or how individuals interact with each other or their their surroundings and here you've got this just sort of all-encompassing song which is it's different but it's it's very cool you know yeah so yeah i think it really brings a lot of um a lot of this together and this is the magic of, of like we we discover gems like this along the road here on progressive palaver but this is the magic of some of these albums like i've been listening to this album since i was 14 15 and i'm still trying to piece it together and you know like it is like i think natural science is the is the the outcome of all of these songs you know put together that like so much to me of what this album is about is how how the the world just keeps getting bigger and bigger and there's more shit that gets in our way and that the 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 key to it all is just to reflect inward and understand who we are and be honest with ourselves and those around us and just be us because that's the most important thing and and i think that natural science is a 
telling us exactly that that same thing. It's looking at all of these different aspects of the world. And, you know, the, the, I love the beginning. Like this, you know, he, he describes the, um, the tidal pools. And then, you know, he says, you know, a simple kind mirror to reflect upon our own, which is like when you think about if you're looking across a tidal pool and looking at all this stuff going on, and you can see yourself in the reflection of the tidal pool. And, you know, you see all of the busy creatures living in their pools and they don't even, they don't even realize that there's this giant sea just around the corner from them. And how, how often does that happen to us in life where we're so busy on the freaking bullshit that's in front of us that we don't even realize all the other stuff going on around us and the and the great the, the bigger the bigger thing and and joe i wanted to say this because you and i traded some text today you were talking about recording and and i i sent you a text that said something to the effect of you know hey there's no greater pleasure than simply the act of of doing that and i i've said that because i i was that that sentiment actually came from I've, I've been listening to anthem the book on tape okay. and the the character the main character talks about you know breaking rules in their society and but that he's writing things because it's just the it's just for the satisfaction of doing it and and you know and i see you know at the end where he says art is expression not as market campaigns will still capture our imagination and i think that says it much better than what I texted you today. Um, but again, it, it, like it, it kind of brings it inward to, to, to the self and, and being honest with who we are. It, it, again, I just, um, it's amazing how uplifting this whole album is to me and natural science just kind of bring, brings it all together. Awesome. I love it. And, and does this, because one of the things, and, and you know, I don't know, I, I I'm truly not up on my rush lore, but, my understanding uh -huh. is that, you know, I, I guess at some point, you know, I, and I don't know where where the connection is, but but Neil discovered, you know, a passion for not only riding his motorcycle, but I guess through doing so, connecting with with nature. I guess you know when you're out on the motorcycle and he would take these these long trips and he would, you know, you you see a lot of different things on. On, on the road, I guess. And I, I, but and I don't know, what, like I said, what the connection is, but my understanding is Neil has a love of motorcycles and Neil has a, a deep appreciation for nature um, that, you know, as he started to develop this, I think my understanding is, and I guess we'll be able to explore this more, that it started to come through in his his lyrics. And, and you know, is, is this maybe, you know, the, the, the origins of that? perhaps I, I don't know very interesting mm. so if anyone uh, if anyone knows the story please let us know and uh, we'd be very very interested to hear yeah well you know he's written a bunch of books that that neil peart guy about his motorcycle trips and things so maybe we should read maybe one there's something okay. maybe we should each read one and come back next week and report back yeah there we go we can do a rush book report <laughs> <laughs> Because I got so much free time on my hands, right, now, Paul? Back when we were discussing um, the entree, new different strings, 
said. You had said something that really, I think, when we talk about certainly permanent waves, and and, and this goes back to the, the difference between this album and their previous incarnation, and certainly, you know, moving forward, it's sort of like the elephant in the room when you talk about, you know, this segment of Rush. And, and that, of course, has to do with the keyboards. So I, I feel we would be remiss if we didn't um, at least address or maybe even maybe even as simple as set the stage for, you know, the, the role of, of keyboards in Rush music and how that is different. And I think my perception for a lot of Rush fans who get frustrated with the band through this is ultimately tied to those keyboards coming in. And, and it's almost perceived as some sort of, of breach of trust that, that they, would, they would do this. And um, yeah, I, I don't know if anyone has thought about that or, or has any, any comments in, in that regard. I mean, I think the keyboards are so unobtrusive in permanent waves. Um, I think that people really would only start having a problem with it on on later albums. I mean, I don't know if I'm um, really understanding what you're getting at, but I, I would say that if this would not, I don't think that this would be the album that people would be offended by because they're very light. Is that, is that what you, well, I let's, let's put it this way. I, I think this is the first, I think this is the first instance where the keyboards are actually wholly integrated within the song structure themselves. Keyboards have shown up in, in, in previous songs before, but it was always sort of like a little gimmick. Um, it wasn't it wasn't a fundamental part of the song structure itself. And I think here is is where you start start to see that happen. Um, you're you're absolutely right in that it's it's perhaps a little bit more subtle here, and it, it's you know if if you don't think about it, you don't think about it. But I, I do think that this is the start of that. And, and maybe we just, we just mention it, put a pin in it, and sort of follow this along. But, you know, I think when you start, when you start in this arc from Permanent Waves, certainly up through Hold Your Fire, you know, I, I think that the perception of Rush's use of keyboards becomes a, a major talking point and, and, a, and a, a, a certain area of diversion among fans uh, that that's how i see it I, I think that's interesting and it's definitely worth talking about i i guess my where i might disagree with you would be as i would say that um the keyboard really become that thing that you're talking about not until like signals um like with like subdivisions or something like uh, that's where i think that the keyboards yeah, but, really but become integrated. Well, I, I'm not I have nothing against keyboards. I mean, I, I think, I mean, yeah, listen, just... Power Windows is one really my favorite album, and that's full of it. So, and that's fully keyboard. So, I mean, I certainly don't have a problem with keyboards. Um, 
I'm just saying I don't really hear them as a profound part of permanent ways. And I, I think that it would be my my vote, or certainly, you know, my what what you're getting at, my album would be signals where it really becomes a profound part of the the sound. Hmm. That's uh, I think the conversation is going to get more rich in that in that aspect. Tom, you're right. As we move into further uh, further albums, Colby, I'm interested in your thoughts here, where we are right now. Just because you know you're no stranger to utilizing keyboards in uh, in music. Uh, once upon a time, yeah. Um, no, I, I agree with Tom. I think it's the you know the keyboards are very unobtrusive. They're not invasive on this album at all. They're really just kind of there for color. And it does. It starts to progress as we go through, you know, signals, and then definitely up to power windows, hold your fire. And I think even Rush stopped and said, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa!" <laughs> 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 mm-hmm. So yeah, it'll definitely. I mean, certainly they started to layer them on more and more. They became much more an integral part of the song. Um, but yeah, on this album, it's really I. It, I think of it as color. You know, it's very, very background, if you will. Yeah. All right. Kenny G, any thoughts? Um, Xanadu had over-the-top keyboards, and nobody seemed to mind. I'm sure, you know, maybe maybe their working man fan base, you know, petitioned them. But uh, for the most part, I think they did very well going large with the Moog, you know, hmm. when, when, when they did. And... I guess they, they they may have been scaling back a bit by the time they got the permanent wave. It was like, okay. Yeah. 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 You know, I think overall I'm frustrated at the, the, the conversation that the general rush fandom seems to have around the keyboards and even watching documentaries when people feel the need to like say things like, Oh, and then there they went fully committed to the synthesizer sound. Like I just, it really just, drives me nuts i think it's much ado about three guys who are evolving musically and as often these guys these artists do is they get away from like writing a song and going all right you play guitar solo during this part dude and they 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 evolve from that to saying that they have some sort of expression that they're trying to get across a song a meaning and they are trying to to deliver that song the best way they can and they want to have as many tools as possible in their in their repertoire to use and and i think that's what happens and then yes during at at some point in time you realize you're like you know i don't need all these tools i can probably just use you know the, uh, some of them but i think that that um it, it bothers me when i hear about it and then like even so with this like, have you ever watched the live performances of Getty playing a song off of Permanent Waves? He's playing most of the keyboard parts with his feet while he's playing bass. So, I mean, the dude is a fucking badass. And, like, let's <laughs> get over it and just enjoy it, you know? Right. Paul, I, I don't know if I would uh, disagree with anything that you said, but I would add that it wasn't just the fans that had a problem with the keyboards. I mean, Alex Lifeson ha- actually had a big problem. I mean, some of the documentaries I watched, um, 
he 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 didn't like them either. I mean, he had a problem with working around the the keyboard parts. I mean, I'm not mm. saying that they were bad because, like I said, you know, I I I love that era of Rush, but yeah. I don't know if it's just the fans <laughs> who are you know bringing that up because some of the documentaries the documentaries I've seen, he not only you know had a problem with it. Um, you know, looking back, they say he he he's glad that they didn't go back to that era. You know, and he's he's very happy yeah. they progressed. As Joe mentioned, you're right around the you know the counterparts era time. They sort of went back into the rush place, but um, I'm sorry, into the um, the 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 rock era. But um, you know, I, I th- you know it's it's clear that you know um, Alex had a problem with it as well as the fans. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. Well, I'll be interested. Yeah. I, I I don't know that I've like heard those, so I'll be interested to hear that. And I and I I'm sure it was extra challenging. So I'll be interested as we get there. But but whatever the case, like if you didn't like it, man, I think that I I I, I we'll, we'll get to it at Power Windows and Hold Your Fire because I hear people talking about oh, there's no guitar in those albums and everything like that. I think they are guitar triumphs. Both of those albums. I I mean, it's sick. And it's different. It's different than the kind of triumph you get to hear on permanent waves, for sure. But still, nonetheless. So um, those are going to be some fun conversations, and uh, that should be good. Have, yeah, we, we certainly have a lot, uh, a lot to look forward to. And um, yeah, so this is this is great. Okay, so maybe Lifeson, you know, said something at one time or another about the synthesizers. Our, our buddy William sent over. Uh, oh. a, a tweet that he found by somebody called very important or replying <laughs> to very important. But anyway, you know, there was an early nineties rush interview. I saw once where Lifeson was like, maybe I've been a little encumbered by effects recently. And literally everyone in the room laughed at him, including the rest of the band. So, you know, where, 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 where he may have objected to maybe some of what, you know, Getty brought in with the synth, it sounds like both Getty and Neil at times are wondering what the hell Lifeson was doing with quite so much chorus at any given moment in any given song. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up, Ken. I got that um, text from Willie as well today, and I was wondering where would be a good time to, to add that, so I'm, I'm glad you <laughs> popped that in there. That was a good... A good spot, but I mean, I think that with in regards to what Paul was saying, with you know, Power Windows having such great guitar stuff, it is great. It's just more textured in in with the um, keyboard, and and I think yeah. that um, you know, with the '80s in general, the '80s sound, I think that would fit in with uh, Willie's Willie's text about the uh, effects, because certainly on a, on an album like that, there is um, a lot of um, experimental um, effects, and I think that also has to do with the, the keyboards as well. So it's just part of the greatness of the band, just being a, being a endlessly experimental. Well, and and you know, I'm I am very very happy to allow my musical heroes a certain amount of license. I want them to explore different things. I don't want them to do, you know, the same album five times over. Um, so I'm, you know, I'm, I'm very, 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 very pleased to like 
all different aspects of it. Now, that's not to say that, you know, I'm, I'm a huge fan of every song in the Rush catalog. Um, can I think so, of you who brought so up... Is that why you don't like um, uh, Mind Crime 2? <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Have I ever been on record as saying I don't like Mind Crime 2? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god Tom I gotta right. tell you I yeah. still to, uh, I, I will never ever ever forget the morning and in fact we talked about it on this podcast when you came in with Mind Crime to CB West and I'm sitting <laughs> in that chair on the end and all of a sudden Tom pops out of nowhere Dude! <laughs> <laughs> well, Never ever I, forget. I, it's funny that I, because I completely forget that, and you, you always <laughs> say you never forget. I, I can't remember that for Adam, but what I do remember was when with Empire. Oh, and I, yep, I came in and I Empire. gave you guys each a copy of Empire. Yeah, <laughs> I should, probably shouldn't say this on a podcast, right? But anyway, probably not. Dude. Yeah. Um, so, so we'll we'll, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to, uh, to at some point getting into Queens Reich and talking about all that. But um, <laughs> any any other closing thoughts on uh, on Russia's permanent waves? I think one of the things that we should mention quickly is the uh, the album cover of Permanent Waves. You know, funny, Paul. I was I was wondering if we should talk about the album cover. We, I think we should. Now, I, the there is a lot of lore that goes around that I'm forgetting and I don't know, but, you know, a for lot me, the, of lore. yeah, and, and, I, and I think there's, there's plenty of things to find on the interwebs about that. But for me, the thing that I love about the, is the, is the, just the visual play on waves, right? You know, right. there's, there's some, there's waves from the ocean. There's a dude in the background waving the permanent wave. happens? Happens to be Hugh Syme, by the way. That's it. Hugh Syme, who also played piano on different strings, which I've never realized that, you know, he had done that before. Um, there is her wave. Her dress is wavy. Her hair is done in a permanent wave. Yeah. Like, and then the, the words permanent wave are, are done in the, you know, the, the um, waves of an EKG, if you will. Right. So... Yeah. Like for me, that's just the fun of it. I know there's a lot of other things about the the newspaper and the and the uh, Dewey billboards, history. yeah, and the, exactly all that, which I which I'm not really gonna pretend that I know what I'm talking about unless I be accused of not being up on my lore. Yeah. <laughs> 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 if we get a big bucket of lures, we can go fishing. <laughs> and you know it's funny that that we're actually having this conversation after i was just blathering about how you know all the shit gets in our way in life and we just have to chill out and be honest with ourselves and recognize the differences that we all have and all that stuff so there you have it all right yeah, I can't. Uh, I can't seem to find that uh, that actual thing, but it was it was pretty funny. But like I said, yeah, like I mean, it was it was so long ago. So permanent waves. Any any other last closing thoughts before we uh, we close out this episode? 
and get ready to to go on to moving pictures next. Good times, guys. We yeah, hope you it all. All right. Well, gentlemen, oh, Colby went away. Colby keeps jumping back. It was fun to have Colby. It was fun to have Colby. I'm glad uh, glad he's here. And like I said, um, you know, when as we were doing as we were doing Rush, Colby came into mind. So that's why I, I reached out. Glad he was able to uh, to join us this evening. And uh, there he is, Colby. Thank you very much, my friend. Bye, Colby. All right. So. Um, so that being said, gentlemen, I think we uh, we certainly covered permanent waves adequately. I think it received all the attention that it deserved from us. And as always, I thank you all for your time and effort and input. It was a good one, guys. It was fun, Excellent. guys. Thank. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Progressive Palaver. We've enjoyed sharing the conversation with you, and we look forward to your thoughts, your feedback, and your input. Please reach out to us uh, on either Twitter or Instagram or Facebook. You can find us at ProgPala at all of those, or search for Progressive Palaver. You can also email us at Progressive, uh, I'm sorry, at ProgPala at gmail.com. And as always, Progressive Palaver is available on both Google Play and iTunes for download and subscription. And our podcast is hosted on SoundCloud. As always, we uh, look forward to continuing our Rush discussion as we move through the rest of the catalog in the coming episodes.